Hi there. Just a quick note before we start the podcast. Tried to use um, some new recording stuff, um, and it seemed like the microphone wasn't working super, super well. So I apologize for the quality of the audio, but it is listenable. Um, but again, just sorry about the quality of the audio before we begin. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's homily from Father Paul Koska comes from the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. The example of the uh, Jewish men in today's reading, they're pretty amazing people, these amazing men and their mother, who are willing to be obedient to the Lord in a way that might seem trivial to us. What's the big deal about eating pork? What's the big deal about compromising with uh, the Greeks that were imposing their culture on the Jewish people? And yet, the core thing for the, uh, these Jewish men was they wanted to remain faithful to what had been handed on to them by God through their fathers, through their ancestors. And so they're willing to bet everything on being obedient to the Lord, to bet everything on being obedient to the Word of God that had been entrusted to them. And so we're invited by their example to be challenged because you are obviously, like the Jews, a minority. The Jewish people, ever since they got started, ever since the Lord called God, called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldeans and started to set this people apart, they were always a minority. And even today, with their relatively small country, and then in the other places, that, and they're surrounded right, by countries that are not necessarily happy about them existing as a, as a country. And then even in places where they live outside of Israel, they're almost always a numerical minority. And so the Jewish people are an example to us of how to be faithful to the Lord in the midst of being a relatively small minority. And being here at the University of Denver, you know, there's something, I think the last number, most recent number I've heard is something like 12,000 undergrads. And then there's clearly not 12,000 people, right, in Evans Chapel. Evans Chapel doesn't even have the capacity for 12,000. And so you are in a minority, numerically, and then sometimes maybe like emotionally, you clearly feel like a minority, and you're invited by the Lord not to just compromise, not to just give in to the overarching pressure of the culture of this place, but you're called like the men and their mother in today's first reading to be relentlessly faithful to the Lord. And to not allow other people to tell you, oh, that's not that big of a deal. Like, why do you care about the one teaching of the church? Why do you care about being faithful to something that Jesus said? Well, Jesus is the Son of God, the eternal Word of the Father. When those people that are telling you to compromise are not in your life, Jesus is still going to be there. Right? The time in college is relatively short. And so we don't want to compromise eternal values and eternal community after the Lord for some transitory friendship. 
So be relentlessly faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to the Lord when it's easy, especially when it's easy, but even more so when it's difficult. We have to ask ourselves the question, does what Jesus teaches us actually change the way that we live? Right? If we were to take, be completely ignorant of the teaching of Jesus, would that actually change anything about the, the way that we live our day-to-day -day life? And if not, we should be a little concerned. And then, if we realize that our day-to-day -day life is not impacted by the gospel of Jesus, it's not impacted by the teaching of the church, and what we're invited to do is to ask the Lord for help. To ask the Lord for help. Lord, I am not good at trying to live the faith. Lord, I am not good at being conformed to your will. Jesus, help me. And if, all you, and if you just pray, Jesus, help me, he will help you. If you ask in faith and in confidence a simple prayer, you can, God can do amazing things with that. Often when I uh, lead retreats in other places or lead you know, retreats for high school students and various things, if somebody ever asks me to pray a blessing of food, I'll almost always pray like a really, really simple short prayer. Because I am trying to communicate to the people that I'm with that it's not about like having this elaborate prayer that's more like a poem than a prayer. Like Jesus doesn't need to be impressed by the words that I say. He just needs to hear me pray to him in confidence and in trust. And so even a simple prayer like a Jesus have mercy on me a sinner, that is much more appealing to the Lord, and the Lord is much more willing to graciously pour out his blessing than when we try to impress him with our words. And so let's beg for that grace to have the humility if we're not as great as we wish we could be at living the gospel, living the faith, conforming our lives to Jesus. Let's beg God for the grace this week to give us opportunities to do that. God, give me an opportunity to witness to your faith. God, give me an opportunity to witness to your truth, to conform my life more and more to you. Because ultimately we want to live in such a way that we're living in the confidence of the resurrection. And that's part of what the whole book of Maccabees is about today, is these men are so confident in the Lord's faithfulness to them to the, of the power of the resurrection. And this is before Jesus. This is before Jesus. And these Jewish men have confidence in the resurrection, which they haven't even seen yet. It's not like anybody's been risen from the dead. Nobody's proclaimed anybody being risen from the dead yet. And so these Jewish men, though, are confident in the promise of the resurrection of the body, that the Lord will resurrect them and bring them to life and eternal life. And so then we have Jesus, right, who's risen from the dead as an example and witness and a promise for us. And so then we're invited to live in the confidence of the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus Christ, who's risen from the dead. And if Jesus has overcome sin and has overcome death, then I guarantee you that thing that you're struggling with is not that big of a deal in relationship to Jesus' resurrection. Right? When Jesus has overcome the sin of the world and the power of death, 
then the vice that you're struggling with is relatively insignificant in comparison with the power of the resurrection of Jesus. And so we're invited to trust in the power of the resurrection. We're invited to place, bet all of our, bet all of our chips right on the resurrection of the Lord and that the Lord can do something powerful and beautiful in us. And then we're called to pray like St. Paul does today, to pray that the Word of God would speed forth. I mean, that's kind of like just interesting words that are used, like the Word of God speeding forth, right? It's like a, a Ford Mustang, right? speeding forth off somewhere. I love Ford Mustang. Brother Thomas and I, uh, like a few years ago, we were renting a car uh, down in Texas to get a retreat, and we got a Ford Mustang. So it was pretty sweet. And then two years before that, it also happened. But one of the cool things about it is when you open up, I don't know if any of you have driven a Ford Mustang, but when you open up the door, when it's nighttime, like it illuminates like a Mustang like on the floor or on the ground. And it's completely useless. But it's really awesome. Uh, but anyways, um, the Word of God seeing forth, right? The, that God desires that the Word of God spread even more. That God desires that the word of, that His word be spread more on DU's campus than it is right now. That more people are receiving the word of Jesus and conforming their lives to Him than are right now. And the way that that can happen is two things. One is begging God, praying like Saint Paul does, that the word of God would speak for. Praying for that, and then praying for opportunity, and then acting in ways that will give you an opportunity to then share the gospel, to share the good news of what Jesus has done for you. And so, you need to know what the Lord has done for you, and have it in your mind so you can share it. And if you don't know what the Lord has done for you, talk to Brother Peter. And, uh, maybe you hold my hand. Uh, or talk to somebody that is holier than you. Right, somebody you perceive in your life, like, oh, that person, maybe it's people, somebody two rows in front of you, like, that guy's really holy. Or that girl seems to be really prayerful. Like, if you want to become more prayerful, then go talk to that person and be like, I want to become more prayerful like you. When, I, when you play a sport, right, the best thing you can do in order to get better at playing sport is to practice alongside somebody who's better at the sport than you. Right, if you just practice alongside people that are, like, terrible, you're not going to get better. And so part of what you need to do in your own life, if you want to become holy, is hang around holy people that are going to help you become more holy. And learn from them. Learn from them what holiness is. And that was one of the things that I learned very quickly after I had my initial conversion my sophomore year. I realized like, I needed, I didn't like just abandon everybody else that was around me. It wasn't like I quit doing everything. I didn't quit the football team, you know, and all that kind of stuff, like when I had my conversion, but I started intentionally spending time with people who were going to help me to grow so that I could grow. And so I encourage you, if you want to become more holy, find somebody that you perceive is holier than you, and then learn from them. Learn from them and have the humility to become a disciple. But a disciple, right, is primarily under Jesus, 
But then secondarily, we are discipled through the example of witness to other people that are further along the journey than us. doesn't mean that they're better than us, but it just means that we can grow from encountering them and being in their presence. Then lastly, in today's gospel, we hear about the resurrection. We hear about the resurrection again, reconfirming what we saw in the first reading. And I don't want to get into all of the, the debate that's going on between, but the main last verse, where it says that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all things are alive. That God is alive, that God is real, that God is here in this place and desires that this week your life become more and more a radiance of his life and his love. That you would radiate the life and love of Jesus. And, and two things I love about being Catholic is incense and chrism oil, right? Incense because it smells good, right? And when you go into a church that is filled with incense, you just feel like I'm in a holy place. And then chrism oil, which is what you receive when you confirm. The interesting thing about it is that the church, as part of the very like rite of consecrating the chrism oil, the church pours perfume into the oil. Right? It's like an essential part of chrism oil being chrism oil, is that it doesn't just smell like oil, but it smells like this beautiful fragrance. And why does the church do that? Because it's not super efficient, right? It'd be a lot easier, a lot more efficient just to have pure olive oil and have nothing added in. But the church adds in chris adds this fragrance into the oil to remind us of the fact that our lives are supposed to be the fragrance of Jesus. That our lives are supposed to spread the goodness of Jesus. And that when people encounter us, that they would encounter the presence of the Lord in a way that would impact them. And Mother Teresa's sisters, the missionaries of charity, one of the things that they do every morning, all their comments all over the world, I've experienced it in India and the Philippines, here in the United States, Everywhere that they go, they always pray this one prayer from St. John Cardinal Henry Newman. And it's the fragrance prayer. Lord, maybe the fragrance of your love everywhere that I go. It's a lot longer. I can't remember it all. But that prayer is something worth considering praying. Not necessarily every day if you've done time to do that, but at least once a month, at least once every once in a while, to remember, Lord, make me the fragrance of your love. And so my prayer for this week for you as we get closer and closer to the end of the quarter and finals and all that is that amidst all of the chaos, amidst all the busyness, all the things that you have to do, that you would remain centered in Jesus and that your life would radiate the fragrance of the Lord.